Welcome to episode number four. Today, I'll be talking about the value of the Goldilocks principle in helping you build your fitness routine. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. A warm welcome to you. My name is Kelly. I'm really glad you've joined me for another episode. This is the last of a set of four special episodes that have kicked off the show. I'm calling them the first four, and I've created them as a point of reference for upcoming episodes where I will no doubt be referring to these topics multiple times in the future. I wanted them to be easily accessible to you, but also to help you get a strong sense of what Happily Ever Active and my role as a motivation solution provider is about. But just to recap, so in episode one, I introduced a problematic pattern a lot of people get stuck in on their fitness journey called the pain pendulum. Here, people swing from painstaking discipline to fitness experiences they dislike to a sense of shame or regret or frustration, even self-loathing, when they inevitably quit them, especially if quitting has been a hallmark of their past attempts to get and stay active. In episode two, I make the connection between how our mindset affects the methods we choose to get and stay active, and I even discuss the role that fitness culture has in how our mindset forms. And finally, in the last episode, episode three, I propose that fitness has been branded today in a way that distracts us from what I believe fitness is truly about, especially a sustainably active lifestyle. It's a relationship. So go back and check them out if you haven't already. These three episodes really set up today's topic pretty well. Most importantly, I hope to bridge these first three episodes, which are conceptual and philosophical to some degree, to taking conscious control over the construction of your routine, maybe at least at a bare minimum, give you a a reflective stick in the sand to look back at your routine and give it a little bit of an audit. As you know, the decisions we make or more importantly, how we make those decisions has a massive impact on the staying power of our routine. Of course, something that is easily repeatable eventually becomes a lifestyle, and with a lifestyle comes almost the automatic benefits of being active. Now, if you haven't read the story, you've certainly heard about Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I'd be surprised if you haven't read it. The story is about a girl, Goldilocks, who goes on a walk in the forest and stumbles upon the home of three absent bears. When she does, she, of course, logically breaks and enters, risking a trip to juvenile detention, and explores the house. She discovers several bowls of porridge in the kitchen, and being hungry, she digs in. But the first two are either too hot or too cold. Then she finds the third bowl, and it's just right. It's perfect. Obviously, like any criminal might, She got a little tired after her ordeal, so Goldilocks went in search of a place to nap. She finds three beds, finding the first two to be either too soft or too hard, and the third to be, you guessed it, just right. But the bears come home, perturbed at the evidence of an intruder. They find that their food has been eaten, and when they find Goldilocks had not only messed up their beds but was napping in one of them, they devour her curly hair and all. Just kidding. That's not what happened. She just took off and never returned, presumably eluding law enforcement to this day. 
although we really don't know how that all turned out. This story is one of the most famous children's stories of all time, clearly, and it has informed what a couple of scientists called the Goldilocks Principle. And this is a pretty interesting idea. It's really a statistical principle where the majority of data points cluster around an average number and a few belong to the outlying regions. But in a more concrete example, just like our sun, each star out there has a theoretical habitable zone where around it, a planet like Earth could feasibly house life. That is, the planet is neither too hot nor too cold. It's just in the right spot, the right area around that star. Similarly, different doses of drugs create side effects if given in too large a quantity while producing too little of a desired effect if given in too small a dose. In between these two edges lies a Goldilocks zone where a high percentage of people get the desired effect with the fewest, if any, side effects, at least ideally. The Goldilocks principle suits even cooking, like titrating a recipe for chicken noodle soup, or to trying on and finding the perfect pair of jeans. So you get the idea. But today I want to put another spin on the Goldilocks principle and apply it to building a more active lifestyle. In the last episode, episode three, I proposed that our mindset can be better served if we treat fitness like a relationship instead of a series of goal pursuits. Not that goal pursuits are wrong or goal pursuits are obstacles, but they're usually not enough in terms of the overall long game of physical activity and an active lifestyle. So I mentioned that, like with any relationship, long-lasting relationships once started or bloomed from a process of sampling things or dating, if you will. That was the metaphor. Well, if there's anything that I've learned from the fitness histories I've analyzed over the years, it's we absolutely stink at dating fitness. In fact, even the loyally or most loyally active people kind of got a little lucky in the dating game, so to speak. That's a topic for a future episode. I'll dive into that for sure later on, the idea of luck in fitness. But we often choose activities that are simply the most convenient over anything else. And that really hampers our ability to discover new things, to discover bowls of porridge that are just right, if you will. So even though convenience matters to some degree, it definitely matters whether an activity is accessible and convenient. It's definitely not enough. Your history, my history, almost everyone's history will will tell you there's a lot of convenient things that just don't work out. So Goldilocks was certainly onto something, and it's something that I think that kids do much better than adults do. She tried things until she found something that resonated. Then she followed that fit, and she found the one. She found the perfect match for her. I like to think that the word fit, and I'm doing air quotes here, in the word fitness, should be how well our fitness decisions resonate, how well physical activity fits us. And when we experience resonance when we exercise, a harmony with the activity, a harmony between the activity and ourselves, the energy we put in physically is returned in other ways when we've found our fit. That is, we enjoy the experience enough that the exertion is worth it in the here and now, not just for some goal in the future. So the question at this point is, how well have your fitness decisions fit you in the past? Do you experience resonance as much as you'd like today in your routine as it stands today? All right, let's take this a little bit further. 
It's pretty easy to argue that we are a product of our decisions, at least to a large extent. Our fitness routine is no exception. That means the success of our fitness routine can really be linked to how we make decisions. So Goldilocks made her decisions based on how something felt to her. That's how she chose the right porridge. That's how she chose the right bed. What was just right to her might not be to you or I. And resonance is really a personal thing in this way. For example, I, I don't like really hot coffee or tea. I can't do it. As a result, I end up leaving coffee cups with an inch or two of java in them because it gets too cold before I finish because it starts off colder than most coffee cups do or most cups of coffee do for people. That's just how it is for me. So when I have a cup of coffee, I have it for hours and hours, which that's just the way it is again. That's just the way it is for me. Our culinary preferences are quite intricate and even sophisticated when it comes to food. It's a product of years and years of testing and sampling things. What tastes just right to us is in effect a matter of taste. And those tastes are forged over a long period of time. We've collected a lot of data on the matter. What makes a dish appetizing can be influenced by many factors. Texture, uh, temperature, like I mentioned with coffee, for example, spiciness, saltiness, and so on and so forth. The point is, if you're an adult, you know what quote-unquote just right is for food by now. You know what food resonates the most with you. It is simply not the same for fitness. Not even close. In fact, I'll bet a majority of the population does not do what fits them. They have not found what really resonates. And in effect, they're ignoring the Goldilocks principle and forcing themselves upon activities that do not resonate. They are sleeping in beds that are too hard or too soft. They try in vain to keep up the activities that are too salty, too spicy, too cold, and whatnot. You get the idea. And again, we've spent much more time in our lives eating and drinking, exploring new dishes, new restaurants. So the sample size that goes into our dining preferences is much larger. But the concept is still the same. And all of this, the point of all this, leads us to one hardened fact. Unappetizing fitness experiences are easy to quit. And I chose the word or the phrase fitness experience carefully here. Just like we can ruin our favorite food by over or undercooking it, we can ruin an enjoyable activity by doing it in an unappetizing way, usually by pushing ourselves way too hard. And I've experienced that. I'm sure you out there listening have too. So what affects the resonance or the feel of physical activity? Well, there's a lot of things and they might be different for you than me because we are different people. The main thing though is the activity itself. It really starts there. If you hate swimming but keep choosing swimming because you know it's good for you or it burns a lot of calories, how much can you really expect to stick with it over the long term? That doesn't mean it's not worth going out and doing. I'm just saying from the long game's perspective, it's really more difficult to stick to. If you dislike boot camp class, can you really expect to keep going long enough to reach the goals that you have for it? Maybe. Maybe. And if you accept maybe as being enough, then that's great. There's a lot of other tips and tricks you can do to make maybe work for you. But if you really want some extra momentum and more solid motivation for the long haul, 
maybe might not be enough. Okay, back to the factors that influence what resonates for you. Beyond the activities that you'll choose, several other factors influence whether you keep creating that resonating experience over and over again with physical activity. Like the intensity at which you choose to do it, the people you do it with, where you do it, when you do it, all of these things matter. Just like the addition of spice or salt and pepper or whatever matters to the enjoyment of your food. And again, what matters most to you might be different than what matters most to me. I think sometimes we feel badly when we can't make a routine work, but if it's filled with activities you find unpalatable, of course it won't work, at least not for long. And that's not because you're weak-willed or there's anything necessarily wrong with you. If you're not a spicy food type of person, a Cajun diet will not be your jam. We rarely feel badly about our culinary tastes, though. They are what they are. And we're way more accepting of our culinary tastes, even the tastes of others. And so we should be for fitness. So the question I have to you in this episode, the core question at least, is when you look at your routine, when you look down at your plate, so to speak, how do you feel about it? Does it really look enticing and you want to dive into it? Or do you feel like plugging your nose so you can stomach it? If mentally you fuss about fitness like For example, my three-year-old fusses about pizza, well, which is crazy. What three-year-old doesn't like pizza? Mine, apparently. Then maybe it's not a personal trainer you need, but a heavier dose of children's literature. There's so many lessons. (laughs) There's so many lessons out there that are relevant that we're learning at two, three, four, five years old that I guess we just tend to ignore today. And the Goldilocks principle is born from one of these really, really, really fascinating stories. And it ultimately suggests that our tastes are unique. And we listen to these tastes in so many areas of our life, like fashion, music, of course, food that I've talked about quite a bit today. So in this episode, I really wanted to point out that knowing your fitness type, your preferences, the experience that you're looking for, that process is really crucial to the longevity of your plan. Not only the longevity of your plan, but to this week's upcoming series of workouts or runs or rides or whatever it is you're into. So my advice is to stay patient and curious, clearly, and just remember that Goldilocks had to taste some unsavory bowls of porridge before she found one that was worth sticking to. All right, guys, I really hope these first four episodes have been useful. There's plenty more to come, including deep dives into topics I think really matter to building or sustaining an active lifestyle. But they also are topics that I think can matter in the short term in terms of what you are getting up to this week, for example, the next workout that you have. And I hope that you've got some things to think about, some new things to think about as you navigate the fitness landscape. I'll also be periodically sharing interviews on the show with insightful people I know we can all learn from, myself included, all pertaining to creating a more active or more sustainably active life. With that, I'm so happy you checked in. You can follow the show on Instagram at Happily Ever Active Show or on Facebook. And of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.